You're listening to Tech Talks Pandemic, a podcast project of the Women's High Tech Coalition and Wiley Connected, a platform of podcasts on tech, law, and policy produced by Wiley Ryan, a Washington, D.C. law firm. In Tech Talks Pandemic, the public and private sectors come together to chat about the government response to the coronavirus and how tech, big and small, and across industries is stepping up to help. I'm Christina Wilcox, Executive Director of the Women's High Tech Coalition. We are a nonprofit, 501c3, nonpartisan organization founded to promote the exchange of ideas among leaders in the public and private sector, whose focus is technology, innovation, and the development of public policy. Learn more about us at womenshightech.org. I'm Megan Brown, board member of Women's High Tech and a partner at Wiley Ryan. Wiley Ryan's a law firm at the nexus of technology, law, and policy with a uniquely DC perspective. You can find us at wiley.law. We're delighted to bring you Tech Talks Pandemic. Thanks for listening. So now we'll transition to the private sector response to COVID-19. I'm joined by Jamie Boone, Vice President of Government Affairs at the Consumer Technology Association. Jamie joined CTA in 2014, and she's a policy expert on self-driving vehicle policies, transportation innovation, and privacy. Before joining CTA, Jamie served in the Washington, D.C. office of Congressman Bill Schuster, then chairman of the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee, as Deputy Chief of Staff and Legislative Director. She earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in Political Science from Susquehanna University and now serves on the board of the Women's High Tech Coalition. So, Jamie, welcome. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, So can you tell everyone who isn't familiar a little bit about CTA, who are your members, and what is your role as an association? Sure. So the Consumer Technology Association is a trade association representing over 2,200 companies um, working in the technology space. That could be anyone from hardware manufacturers, software developers, and uh, more and more we have a lot of health and telehealth solutions and apps and fitness device manufacturers as members as well. So we own and produce CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, which is held in Vegas every January, uh, which is the world's biggest trade show and business event, showcasing all of the coolest new tech that's out there in the world, which is really exciting. Uh, And at CTA, I am part of our public policy and government affairs team. So I focus primarily on conveying our message and our policy priorities to Capitol Hill, um, to members of Congress, and to the administration. Wonderful. Um, And at at this time, it's just so interesting because, you know, COVID-19, you know, the impacts must have been felt by all of your member companies, which is such an interesting juxtaposition because we often talk about technology and innovation leading to disruptions. But in the case of COVID, the virus seems to be the disruptor. So CTA as an association seemed to kind of lead and and you sprung to action on behalf of your members and to help educate the public. Can you talk about some of the studies and resources you immediately got to work on and have provided as a response? 80% of CTA's members are actually small businesses. And we we know we've we've seen the impacts across all different industries, but there's absolutely a major impact on on small businesses and trying to to survive what has really become kind of the new normal and in, in trying to operate and, and keep businesses up and running. So that's really been, you know, priority number one is making sure that you know, our members have the resources that they need to continue operating, to make the adjustments that they need and adapt so that they're able to keep 
employees safe and, and employed and stay in business. And then to make sure, you know, that consumers also have the resources that they need. So yeah, pretty early on, CTA really jumped out um, to try and volunteer and see what, what we're able to do and, and able to help with. Um, I mentioned that we have a lot of telehealth members and app companies and a lot of, a lot of folks that are really innovating in the healthcare space. So we pulled together our members. Uh, we worked with the White House and we worked with Amazon Web Services and the American Telemedicine Association to launch techhealthdirectory.com which is a resource for health professionals to help them find digital health technologies that can help connect patients with healthcare solutions. And that was something we were able to stand up really quickly. That's, you know, one of the, the great things about tech is the ability to try and turn things around quickly. And when we see a need to try and get out there and, and meet it. And you've seen that from not only obviously from, from us with that product, but also with a lot of our member companies and the solutions that they're putting out there. Some that existed before doctors on demand and some of those products and then new ones being proposed by companies like Apple and Google, who are partnering together to try and come up with some solutions for, for contact tracing that didn't exist and, and they're turning around, you know, pretty quickly, which is, is exciting. Um, it's something, you know, that can be really helpful in, in times like this. We're continuing to educate our members on the resources that are out there from the federal government. We've been hosting weekly interactive webinars with industry experts on small business assistance in the, the legislation to, you know, how to keep your business running and how to keep your employees engaged. And then we're working on research on how helping our members understand how households are shifting behavior. Um, a lot of folks working from home now, there's a bigger demand for Wi-Fi and for internet use and for those kind of you know, work from home devices. I know I bought a wireless mouse because it made my job easier. And I'm sure uh, many other folks have bought, you know, second monitors or new desk chairs or, or you know, whatever, whatever it is to make this easier to try and, and work from home. And, and as you're working on the response uh, at CTA to COVID, are there regulatory barriers you're seeing that are restricting the response in any way? And, and what future policy items do you think, you know, we might want to pursue to rectify those challenges? There are definitely still challenges out there. I think probably one of the biggest things we're seeing is the digital divide, you know, the disparity between access to, to fast internet between you know, cities and more rural areas. A lot of, I would say a lot of schools you know, in areas with better, you know, service and, and capabilities are able to do more, you know, educating online and holding classes online than areas that don't have great um, internet access. So I think that's a, that's a specific point where we're starting to see some attention paid from the FCC and, and Congress on how we get better access to broadband, how we open up more unlicensed spectrum um, to improve the capabilities for remote learning and for remote work. Those are things that obviously can't be rectified immediately. They, they take a while, but I think this is, this is something that is an essential need um, and that we need to be better prepared for. So I think that this is an opportunity to take those things and think ahead once we've, we've gotten a little further down the road and, and overcoming, you know, the immediate health crisis. What other barriers can we get out of the way that could make 
and responding to the next pandemic easier for everybody. Other things, things that, you know, aren't necessarily most immediate top of mind right now, but could be helpful later is contactless delivery. So obviously human contact interaction has been, you know, severely limited to try and prevent the spread of COVID-19. And we've seen a lot of folks relying on grocery delivery and, and all of the different essentials that they need access to. There's still human contact and, and humans in that process. When you think, you know, of some of these innovations and products that we have out there, drones that could deliver products, sidewalk delivery, del uh, driverless uh, vehicles that could deliver goods and take out that human element that just further takes risk out of, out of the system. Um, and a lot of those are just the tech is there, but the regulation has and the law has not necessarily kept up. So there are a lot of restrictions still on, on drones. You, know, you can't fly them beyond line of sight. So that really restricts delivery. Self-driving, we're just, we're, we're not quite there yet. Um, we need more testing before that will be widely deployed. So there are definitely things that down the road we can help prepare for that will make this, continue to make this easier in the case that something like this happens again. Right. And it does seem that, you know, everyone's trying to pitch in to help and you've seen some really interesting shifts and in innovations, you know, companies are switching from, you know, what they normally manufacture to work on providing PPE, just all different kinds of ways that companies are giving back. Are there some, some unique or interesting stories that your member companies have as to how they're, they're trying to help? Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned before, Apple and Google just, you know, earlier this week announced their project together to try and um, create the ability for an app for, you know, most of the devices in the, out there in the world to help with contact tra uh, tracking and notification. There are a lot of our member companies that have smart devices that can help, like Kinza Health has a smart thermometer that, that allows for temperature and symptom input data to be collected and then anonymized, so I can never say that word, <laughs> and aggregated. And a lot of these different companies that are looking at ways that you can take data from the population and synonymize it or anonymize it um, and then see patterns that you can maybe help predict where the next hotspots might be. Um, so then we can better respond to that and, and hopefully, you know, cut that off before it, before it gets worse and before it really spreads. Those kind of things will be really helpful in the future. And, and some of them, you know, that are just already exist and, and really just need, you know, are, can help turn this around uh, now. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like, you know, we, we talk a lot about when things get back to normal, but you know, can you talk a little bit about how in this in-between time as we're moving between, you know, you know the peak of, of this outbreak of COVID and, and back to normal, how tech is going to ease our transition and, and what kind of tools that there will be uh, to be able to, to help us, uh, you know, bridge that gap? Innovation has really enabled us to get through this and deal, deal with this easier than you know, we have in the past. Uh, the ability to be able to um, connect, uh, to work from home, to connect with family and friends, to keep that you know, element of, of your life as normal as possible. And it's not the, exactly the same, obviously, but it's created opportunities to try and get, get along with daily life. 
and it's you know it's hard to it's hard to say i don't think anyone can really predict exactly you know when we'll go back to normal what what it will look like if it will be normal um i think that because we have these tools it makes it easier for companies that to think about you know the health impact first and to put that before you know before anything else is their employee safety so that folks that you know have the ability to work for, from home can continue to do that until um, it's safe to go back to work and i think those tools will continue to build i think a lot of companies have seen where there are gaps and i think one area actually in particular would be will be continuing to expand telehealth options so that you know less people are, are crowding in healthcare centers and hospitals i think the other is really you know that online learning and education resources. I think we've seen such a need for that, that we're gonna to continue to see a lot more innovation in that space. Thank you so much. And, and before we let you go, uh, was wondering where we could find the resources uh, from CTA that you mentioned earlier and how we can find you on Twitter. Sure, so CTA's website is just cta.tech and that resource for health professionals that I mentioned is techhealthdirectory.com. And then, uh, yes, you can follow CTA on Twitter at CTA Tech. Um, and then I'm at Jamie Boone. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us uh, for our first episode of our podcast. And uh, hope you stay healthy and well. Thanks, Christina. You as well. Thank you for tuning in to Tech Talks Pandemic, a collaboration between the Women's High Tech Coalition and Wiley Ryan. If you enjoyed this episode of Tech Talks Pandemic, we encourage you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For additional resources and materials, head over to womenshightech.org and wileyconnect.com. Thank you for listening. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Tech Talks Pandemic podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Wiley Ryan LLP and its employees. The material contained in this podcast is not intended to be and is not considered legal advice. Transmission is not intended to create and receipt does not establish an attorney-client relationship.